No, not really. You are a fat piece of shit. You're listening to Epic Cheat Day with your host, Derek Strong. What I'd like to have right now is for all you fat, ugly... Guys, welcome to another edition of Epic Cheat Day. I'm your host, Derek Strong, because of course I'm Derek Strong. Uh, Want to get my fake sponsors out of the way. White Castle hamburgers, it's what you crave. It's what you crave. Uh, yeah, I like White Castle. I can't talk up White Castle enough because, yeah, I fucking love White Castle. I eat White Castle. You guys should eat White Castle, too. They have Impossible Burgers now. You know what? I had the Impossible Burger. friend told me that it was pretty gross. Here's the thing about White Castle, okay? White Castle, when you get the classic White Castle slider, it's supposed to be that skinny meat, you know, that skinny piece of meat on there. And then that, and it's and it's basically, it, the, people don't know this, it's fried, It's it's they say it's fried, it's basically steamed on a bed of onions. And the reason why they're so skinny is they don't have to flip them. It just cooks all the way through, okay? So there's a reason for it. The problem I think I have with the Impossible Slider from White Castle isn't even so much a taste or textural thing. It's that it's not, it doesn't, it didn't, it didn't have the mouthfeel of White Castle. You know, White Castle is supposed to be that. Anyway, guys, but they do have them. They really aren't that bad. So even if you're vegetarian, go ahead, eat you some White Castle. Um, White Castle, get at me. Okay, I mention you in every episode of my podcast. You have no reason not to get at me. Well, actually, right now you do. I have no fucking... I don't have enough listeners for you to qualify throwing me money. But I will, White Castle. God damn it, I will. Uh, Planet Fitness. I got an email from Planet Fitness. They are my other fake sponsors, uh, would-be sponsors. Planet Fitness sent me an email this past week saying that they are opening some locations around the country. I... I don't know if that's a wise move. Uh, talk about one of the, one of the least hygienic places to open up during a pandemic. Uh, you probably shouldn't do that right now. But hey, listen, since you guys are going to be throwing me money one day, I'm sure of it. Uh, you might as well you can do whatever the fuck you want. Um, it's I don't know. Stop opening shit up. It's not fucking. I don't know why. I mean, I do understand why because you know we're we're gonna be hitting a recession, the likes of which we've never seen. So I I get that's why the country had like you know the the powers that be want us to open up. But for fuck's sake, it's just gonna we're just gonna keep going up and down with this shit. We're gonna be in and out of quarantines. It's we're gonna keep opening and closing for the time being until there's a vaccine for this shit. So I don't know. I don't know Planet Fitness. I don't know if that's the best move right now. Um, so uh, this episode, episode 12, right? Episode 12 of Epic Cheat Day. Uh, I'm going to be calling this one Cleaning Up the Mess. And my focus this time is going to be not only on mental health issues, but issues in general that come up in people's life. No matter what they are, I mean, again, one of my main focuses, two main focuses are mental health, substance abuse things uh, with this podcast. So we're going to talk about that, but cleaning up the mess. So like, here, here's what I mean by that. No matter what trauma you endure in life, uh, no matter who's to blame for that trauma, no matter what fingers you could point at when it comes to other people, 
ultimately it's going to be on you to clean up the mess, okay? And does it serve some form of therapeutic purpose to figure out who the quote-unquote culprit is, uh, who's caused your pain? Absolutely, but at the end of the day, it's still on you, which it sucks. It fucking sucks. Should it be on the, whoever or whatever perpetrated whatever act that caused you to be fucked up in some kind of way? Should it be on them to clean it up? Yeah, of course, you know. They're the ones that did it, not you. Uh, and I think that's, you know, I don't think, I know for a fact that's a lot of the reason why, especially when there's early childhood trauma, why kids take the blame on themselves. You know what I mean? Um, because it's, they're left holding the bag. You know, and I've been left holding the bag countless times in my life, uh, you know, and fortunately, you know, I've had to deal with it. And before people get on their high horse, a lot of people I know, you know, struggle with uh, with money related stuff. Listen, I've I've lived amongst very rich and wealthy people in my life. Uh, growing up in Manhattan, my family had money. <sighs> Shit, they started losing it when I was young. Around, I remember I was in private school when I was four years old, five years old, and that's where I met a lot of friends that I kept from that time until I got older who uh they were amongst some of the the uh wealthier people in the in uh the city and some of the richer people in the city um but other than that yeah once I hit five like I was in pre I was in kindergarten and I only spent half the year in private school and I went to public school and I think it was from there that I kind of, like, it was weird because my family sheltered me from it because they knew I was really fucked up. I, you know, I was pretty fucked up as a kid, so they kind of sheltered me from, you know, what was going on. But even then, I kind of knew just from that alone that, you know, the that money was starting to go away. I mean, we had enough to live. I mean, we, had, we lived in a rent-controlled apartment. I mean, it was still fairly expensive, but considering what it would cost now to live in that apartment in Manhattan, Jesus Christ. So, I mean, that, you know, definitely kept things at bay. I mean, we thought there was, you know, you know, we knew there was something up with that. But anyway, so, yeah, my family started losing money. And I'll be honest with you, that, and the reason why I bring that up is because a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, the rich don't have to deal with problems. Yeah, they fucking do. Holy shit, are they fucked up. And here's the difference, okay, when it, especially when it comes to cleaning up your mess, is that when it comes to at least a lot of the rich and or wealthy people that I've had, and not all of them are fucked up and crazy and out of their mind, but, you know, and I think that's a, a, a misconception a lot of people have, you know, uh, you know, and not all of them are, f do you know, living their, you know, this crazy rock star lifestyle. No, but the ones that do suffer from issues, they still suffer from these issues too, you know? Uh, you know, having been, having had a history of, uh, or, you know, being amongst them, I can tell you, you know, they deal with, you know, abusive family members, sexually, physically abusive family members. I mean, there's no, there's no dollar amount for that. And, you know, the difference is, and I think the thing that I've encountered a lot with them is that the unfortunate thing is their money in that regard kind of imprisons them. Um, you know, they don't have to deal with their problems, or some of them don't have to deal with them, at least in the direct method that people, when you're out in the world, you have to deal with the problems because you have to, you, you, you have to adjust or else you can't survive in the world. It's just that simple. Uh, and take it from me. I mean, I, you know, again, um, ha haven't been through the whole entire, you know, psychosocial system, you know, at some point you end up with nothing and you end up having to 
really try to piece things together at some point. So if you don't have, if you have like this, you know, this great ball of money to surround yourself with, you don't have to, well, there's no... You don't really have to change, and there's not really an impetus. And the amount of effort that it takes to change and to really come to terms with the stuff and to clean up the mess that your life is, is so much greater, especially when it comes to certain just certain levels of trauma and certain things you have to work through and certain levels of just like, you know, you know, you have a child who's dealt with, you know, sexual abuse at a young age like me. Uh, and by the way, just for anybody who's like, Hey, you know, what the fuck does he know about it? Listen, I, to, I, I got, I, I got the sexual abuse from members of both sexes when I was a kid. And what, one of my main coping mechanisms when I really came to term was like, wow, everybody wanted to fuck me. I must've been a hot kid, you know? And that was just like my humorous take on it, you know? And I'm telling you this, man, it's, it's different when you have to actually face it. When I was in my 20s, I had to actually face this shit. And I had to actually put it to bed. And I had to actually cope with it. And I had to find ways of coping with the world. I had no way of dealing with and interacting with the world, you know? And by the way, that the sexual abuse thing, that's a, that's a part of, you know, the life. I mean, does it, and then you get to the point where it's like, at some point, when cleaning up the mess, when dealing, especially with dealing with the mental health system, you know, the the labels, you feel like the labels define you, and it's like, they don't, you know, they become a part of your life, you know, I mean, it's something I talk about, you know, and I, again, I think, you know, having come to Chicago and gone through, you know, finally actually doing some level of comedy, the thing that I wanted to do, the thing that, that the carrot I dangled in front of myself in order to get better all those years ago, finally being able to do it, um, definitely helped put that perspective, but yeah, circling back to people with money, dude, they deal with the they deal with a lot of the same shit. Like they, you know, a lot of times they don't they unfortunately don't have to clean up their mess. And uh, you know, and something that you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of poor people that don't have to clean up their mess either. A lot of people don't have to, um, you know, and you know they suffer for a lot longer than they need to and i would say that by and i and i can't offer advice on this few things i could offer advice on okay but the thing i can is get to the point of healing where you're not where you don't care about the antagonists you don't care about the people who cause the problems you focus on the fucking problem itself because it's yours i thought you were um trying to lose weight lay off me i'm starving <laughs> Guys, it's time once more for another edition of Derek Strong Watches Chick Flicks. And today, I'm not even going to be reviewing the chick flick. I'm going to be talking about the series Sex and the City. Um, Sex and the City, of course, was a TV series on HBO. It lasted for six seasons from 1998 to 2004. It was created by Darren Starr. Um, and it stars Sarah Jessica Parker, Kristen Davis, Kim Cattrall, and Cynthia Nixon. And the gist of it, it's the story follows uh, four women, but focuses on one primarily, Sarah Jessica Parker's character, Carrie Bradshaw. She writes a, uh, a, a sex column for a local newspaper uh, called The Daily Star, which is in a real paper. It's fictional. And her... Um, her uh, her uh what's called her her column is called sex in the city hence the title of the show 
Uh, some people think it's called Sex in the City. No, it's called Sex and the City. Um, and it's I, it's a good show. I, what can I tell you? It's an entertaining show. It's very well written. There are a lot of sides. And just to be forewarned about this, it is a product of its times. Again, this is about uh, this is a 20-year-old show. So certain things might trigger some people. Again, you know, they're... Uh, the way they talk about transsexuals in particular, that might be off-putting for some. Um, there, when it comes to gay stereotypes, they really go heavy-handed with that. Um, I do believe that this show is pretty transformative for its time. I mean, it was kind of like years ahead, especially when it came to, uh, uh, you know, the focus being on women's issues. It was kind of ahead of everything else on TV at the time. Uh, you know, I can't, my favorite character in the show is Miranda by far. I mean, you know, yes, I, I absolutely adore Charlotte. You know, I, I you know, she's, you know, I, I, just, there's something I like about the character. I think it's the big eyes. I, you know, I think uh, Kristen Davis is very, very, very physically attractive. But uh, yeah, man, I, I, I love Miranda. I think Miranda, I love Steve. Steve is I. Steve is my guy. Steve and Aiden are my two guys. Those are you know those are the date the, the characters who uh, the protagonists end up dating in the show. It's a good show. It's a fun watch. Um, I remember watching it uh, with an ex when I was younger, and I decided to watch it with my girlfriend now. And uh, she'd never watched the. She saw one of the, I think both the movies. I still haven't seen either of the movies. And I'm going to review those in later editions. But it is. It's a good series. Uh, you can see a lot of foundations for a lot of other shows coming from that series. Uh, they did some things that were weird, though. The last two seasons, they changed the score around. And they took more of a dramatic approach. I don't believe that that worked. Um, I know that I think they made Sarah Jessica Parker. I think they made her stop smoking for a couple of seasons, um, you know, under pressure because they were like, oh, well, she's supposed to be a role model for young women of course she does pick up smoking by the end of the series and i i i actually looked into i deep dove into this bad boy there's a lot of symbolism there pay attention to when and where where when she wears flowers that has a lot to do with the story about her smoking and you know smoking being related to the character of big in the show um you know it's just uh uh, it's a fun show. It's a fun show. And yeah, it's uh, even though it was marketed towards women, I still think it's like, you know, especially because a couple years later they came out with Entourage, which was Sex in the City for guys. Like, so if you did like Entourage, you know, you'll, you'll like Sex in the City. You know, if you liked Entourage because it was like Maxim, the, the TV show, then you probably won't like Sex in the City. But if you liked it for the writing, um, if you found it to be funny, then yeah, you'll, you'll see a similar thing here. You'll definitely see a through line with that. They also, they, there was a weird narrative thing that they did at the beginning where they cut to, um, they would cut to random people throughout uh, New York, and they would also have Carrie also uh, break the fourth wall and talk to the camera. And they stopped that after a season, I want to say I was like by the end of season one or season two. Um, my girlfriend, she she hated that. Me, I liked it. I think it made the show a bit more interesting. I kind of wish they stuck with that. Again, I think they, I th definitely think they should have stuck with the original soundtrack they had, which was just like these like jazzy blues kind of like songs in the background, and then they made it all dramatic towards the end. It kind of lost interest. 
Um, they kind of jumped the shark a couple of times in the last season, but uh, yeah, still check it out. It's still a fun watch. Um, you could definitely spend your time binging other shows that suck, so this one definitely doesn't. All right, guys, thanks. thank you so much. Well, I have just about had enough of you. Well, you wouldn't say that if I came with fries and a medium drink. <laughs> I have, you know, certain levels of OCD, and who doesn't have OCD nowadays? He likes to clean things. No, I didn't like that at all. You know, I have a lot of uh, psychotic thinking, and not as much anymore, nowhere near as much anymore, but Jesus, did that take a long time to actually come to terms with it, really, really, really put in order, uh, you know, just, uh, just so many, so many pervasive things that actually affect my life to this day you know just certain levels of certain 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 types of people i literally just can't talk to i just i can't even try to become friends with i just have to walk away from romantic situations that have been have made themselves available to me that i've had to turn away from because i'm like no i can't deal with this type of person it's just too much just there are things in my life that I've had to sacrifice because of this fucking thing. And, uh, you know, and, and because of having to really clean this up. And again, I, I, I say this with, you know, comedy was the goal. It was the goal in my mid-20s, you know. And, you know, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you know, my mentality back then, I couldn't handle, like, work at a job, let alone the level of dedication and you know, rejection that comes along with fucking being a comic. So the fact that I I have any success with comedy is a miracle in my mind. Um, you know, and I say miracle, you know what, it's effort, and it's effort. And I think that's what the biggest takeaway you guys could have from this episode is just, it's effort, and it's on you, and it, it's yours to, it's really, it's up to you to really want to pull through. Um, and there's so, there's, you guys have so many advantages to doing it. And I think with, I think a lot of the issues with mental health and especially staying stuck in that whole like spectrum is, uh, there's almost too much information. I mean, you ask anybody who's, you know, even, you know, reasonably intelligent, uh, and who gets a diagnosis, you ask them if they haven't thumbed their way through the, well, in my Arrow is a DSM-4. For you guys, it's a DSM-5. It, it, everybody does it. Once you start doing it, you just start associating with all of these things because the reality of the situation is when it comes to any mental health issue, everybody has some level of it. So if you start reading the DSM-5 and you start looking at the symptoms, you'll be like, the first thing that happens to everybody that does it is they start thinking, oh my God, I have this thing. Oh my God, I have this thing. Because you felt those symptoms at some point in your life and that's down the line for all levels of all mental health issues for everybody in the world has felt some level of some of those things in their life that's a fact okay it's just part of the human condition the difference is and the reason why diagnosis happens is because when you deem it as a problem or in a lot of cases especially in mine society deems it as a problem where you're unable to function within society um then that's when, you know, you get the big old diagnosis slapped on you and you feel like you have to go see a psychiatrist or somebody deems that you have to go see a psychiatrist and a therapist. That's when you get the label thrown at you. So when it comes to the information that's out there, there's 
a lot. There's also way too much and there's way too much misinformation. Find out what works best with you because at the end of the day, it's going to boil down to it. Look, if fucking if, if buying if buying energy crystals from a fucking shaman, OK, who sets up shop at the corner of fucking diversity in North Avenue, uh, uh, then yeah, fucking buy that shit. If it works for you, do it. You know, if smoking weed works for you. Smoke a ton of weed. Okay. Do whatever works for you, but find something that works for you. Um, you know, and I, as soon as you can stop playing the blame game, um, come to terms with the fact that, and I, that, again, this is what I'm dealing with right now. So that's why I'm making this the focal point of the episode. Uh, you know, stop playing the blame game, find out what it is. I mean, I, I feel like I'm in a very healthy position right now, um, psychologically, emotionally. Um, and, uh, and that's why I can look back on it with kind of some level of hindsight. Just as soon as you could stop focusing on what other people may or may not have done. And I don't care what level of trauma it is. Again, I've experienced a good chunk of it myself. I'm not saying mine was the worst I hate when people do that. They want to play like the fucking who's had the worst life game. Like, no, fucking everybody has it shitty. Like I mentioned before, rich people have it shitty. Poor people, we already know, have it shitty. Everybody in between has it shitty. It's a fucking, it's a hard roll of the dice for everybody down the line. And it's all scalable too, okay? All right, you can't compare your life to anybody else's life and vice versa, okay? Do I know what it's like to be a fucking kid born in Calcutta in the sewers? No, I don't know what that's like, okay? I couldn't tell you what that's like. I could tell you what my life's been like. Other people tell me my life has been more fucked up than I think my life is, okay? Uh, And that's, you know, and that's, hey, listen, hey, I've enjoyed my life, you know? The good and a lot of the bad, to be honest with you. You know, I'm here, motherfucker. I'm still fucking here. So, uh, yeah. You know, and the reason why I'm able to be here is because the first thing and the the, the point that I got to with all this is I started cleaning up the mess. Clean up the mess. It's your mess. You know, no matter how many fingers you point, no matter, you know, how much you put it on the back burner or try to sweep it under the rug, at some point you're going to have to deal with it. At some point. Make no mistake about it. You know, the sooner you could do it, the better. Um, you know, and it, t- it takes a certain level. Me, I again, I know for a fact, and this is another reason why I don't begrudge the rich or wealthy. If I had the means to not deal with this shit, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. I would stay stuck in in what in whatever i would just i would be the worst about it i I, the only reason why i was able to deal with this because i absolutely had to is this or or die on the street so that's what it was that's what it took for me you know same thing with alcohol same thing with drugs same thing with anything that stops you from living your life um you know it's your mess clean it up uh and that's the harsh reality of it you know it is uh, whatever trauma has been you know you dealt with a ch- uh, childhood a physical abuse you know hey join the party hey dad, do, if you guys want to talk to me about any of this stuff too early childhood physical sexual abuse hit me up um, you know dealing with the psych system in general hit me up epic cheat day podcast at gmail at facebook at instagram at youtube um, you know, message me through any of those, you know, of course we'll talk about it. Absolutely. 
Um, you know, because again, I mean, there's thing, and there are things that you're not going to be able to recover from ever. Okay, but uh, I like the line in Captain America: Winter Soldier. Where uh, Sam is talking to the um, the uh, PTSD support group for uh, for the uh, soldiers, and he says, "We all carry baggage. Are you going to carry it in a big duffel bag, or are you going to carry it in a small man purse?" And I think that's the perfect illustration of this. Like, how much of this do you want it to affect you? And if it affects you enough where it gets in the way of your life, then make it a priority. Okay. You know, and if it really does affect you and it's affecting your relationships, it's, reflecting, it's, it's affecting your life, then make it the priority, okay? And for a lot of us, it's like it gets to that point where it becomes, and that's the biggest burden of all is when it becomes the priority, you know, and everything else is on the back burner. You know, I, I you know, again, this is something I make, I put it at the utmost forefront of my life. You know, not because I want to, but because I have to. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you guys are struggling with anything like that or dealing with anything like that, by all means, hit me up. Epic Cheat Day Podcast at Gmail, Epic Cheat Day Podcast at Facebook, Epic Cheat Day Podcast at Instagram, and, of course, at YouTube. I started a new rant series on YouTube. Uh, you guys should check it out. It's just me ranting about random things throughout the week. Uh, hopefully, it'll not do something i enjoy doing it i think i'm doing that in lieu of comedy anyway guys thank you so much uh for tuning in check me out next time all right bye mike we're good